Welcome back to the FNF Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Guttenplan. The FNF Coaches Podcast is just a part of the FNF Coaches platform. Visit FNFcoaches.com to see all of our content offerings from daily features, videos, and our most recent digital publications. Subscribe to the print magazine by clicking on the subscribe tab at the top of the page. You'll get six magazines mailed to your home each year for only $19.95. Also, subscribe to the FNF Coaches podcast on your preferred platform or on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, and Google Play. Our guest today is the senior manager of the USA Football National Program, Aaron Ingram. USA Football is the only organization in the sport that provides high school players the opportunity to represent their country while gaining instruction from and training under current college coaches. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Coach, I want to get, we've actually done a few interviews before for stuff that we've had in our magazine and our digital publications. And I want to get into the different pathways for coaches and players to get involved with the national program and also talk about how coaches can nominate players and sign up to coach. But I first, let's get started with your background in football. Uh, when did you get your introduction to the sport? Did you play growing up? I, I grew up in a football family, unfortunately. <laughs> and a lot of times, uh, my dad and grandfather both coached. Um, you know, my grandfather coached in Northern California as a high school coach for 54 years. Uh, my father coached for a little over 30 as well. Uh, he got out a little sooner than that. Um, the highs and lows started to bother him. You know, the swings of a loss to a victory kind of started to weigh on him. So he got out and then uh, I even married a coach's daughter. So it, it's, it's kind of in our world, you know, sports and coaching. So I, it, as early as I can remember, I've been in it. Yeah. And when did you start to get a sense that you wanted to get into coaching? Was it, um, did you know it from an early age? Um, I didn't, I actually tried to avoid it to tell you the truth. It was really funny. I tried to avoid it. I went on and played D2 college ball at Cal state Hayward mm-hmm. at the time. And was, while I was playing, they dropped the program and was really good on a computer at that time and went into work in the technology field and then was setting up appointments that I had to visit customers and so forth in the afternoons. At that time, I would always call and say, Hey, I'm running a little late. Can I meet you in the morning? And I would go and I started watching all these different high school and college programs practice in the afternoon because I missed it so bad when I didn't even know I missed it. And then uh, one day my boss showed up at the same practice I was at to to catch me, actually. uh, She told me, why don't I just go get into coaching because it's what I want to do. I kind of fell into it at 25. Yeah. And I know you have coaching experience at the college level. Uh, how, How did you make the transition to USA football? Um, I made the transition, actually, at the time I was coaching at Sacramento State, mm-hmm. the FCS program in the Big Sky Conference for uh, Marshall Spurbeck, and I'd been with him for a while, and, and our, our former director here of the program, Garrett Shea, gave me a call and asked if I'd love to come coach for a weekend, and I, I didn't, I wasn't sure what it was, you know, like a lot of people at first, USA Football, what's that, and then uh, kind of ran it by compliance to make sure everything was okay, and then went out and just fell in love with it right from the get-go. Yeah. And I know uh, one of the things that struck me one of the uh, last times we spoke, uh, your position, it's a lot of responsibility for building the USA uh, football national team coaching staff. From You had a pool. I don't know what it was like this year with the COVID situation, but um, in the past, you've had a pool of over 1,100 candidates and you, you have to 
select coaches for their region. I should say there's regional development camps all over the country. I think the last time we did a story on it, there were 27 different locations throughout the country. And so you were responsible for selecting, I think it was almost 900 coaches for student athletes in between grades six and 11. How do, what is your process for selecting coaches and how do you know a good one when you see one? That's a, that's a great question. I love that question. You know, it's a tough one. You know, we, this year, Right before COVID pulled the plug on us, we were a little over 1,600 coaches in the pool for selection. We were going to be running 18 regionals. Um, Anytime I felt like once we were getting after the over the 20 number, we were starting to dilute our process a little bit. And I always want to make sure we deliver the best experience, not just for players, but for coaches, for parents, for everybody, for our staff. I want our staff coming back saying it was a great event too. Mm -hmm. Um, That process is a lengthy one, and it can be overwhelming at times. Uh, we go through like a normal application process, just like it's a job. And then uh, my staff and I, we kind of scour from the applications and do our background, and our homework. Sometimes we'll do some phone interviews. We've been lucky now um, going into our 12th year of the program that we're starting to get a lot of return customers in a sense with coaches and people that have fallen in love with with our process just as much as I have in the past. So it's, we've got some really high level coaches that are doing a great job and we're excited to see what's going to happen in 21. Yeah. Now, if a if a coach is interested in getting involved with the program and wants to find out if there are regional development camps close to them, uh, what is the process for, for getting involved if they wanted to start? Process for them to get it started, if they go to our website at usafootball.com and go to the national team section, there's a selection there where they can apply to coach. And that's the first step. It's very rare that we actually hire coaches without seeing them. Right. We want to see them, you know, onto that first stage in that like you said, that regional development camp, that two-day T-shirt and shorts type thing, that's when we get our hands on. It's really much boots on the ground. We consider it fundamental football. and We really want to see a coach get into it and teach and be a great outstanding communicator and teacher. Mm-hmm. And what about nominating players? Uh, can they do that on, at the same place? That Actually, that same spot has a, a link right, actually right beside it, too, and we're always looking for players. That's something that's a, it's a nonstop process. We do it almost 24-7. Um, there's not a time of the year when we're not looking at players, not looking for film, not trying to find the next great ones. We've had some outstanding success recently with it. So we're, we're hoping to find a couple more. Yeah, that's great. And um, so you said this year, the COVID situation, it all got wiped out. Have, has it, have you lost some momentum because of the uncertainty? I I should say that uh, there's some, been some good news today on the vaccine. So hopefully, you know, in the spring, there would be uh, a possibility of this happening. What What is the timeline for all of it this coming year? Um, we're getting ready to announce our schedule. We'll have a real big announcement. We'll start off with a, a, a one-day event out in the back end of March. I don't want to let too much of the cat out of the bag too early. My staff will shoot me if I do. <laughs> Um, but other than that, we'll be rolling with our regionals as well in April and May. That's our plan right now. Um, we're working through some COVID protocols and looking at some certain areas and trying to work with local and state government as well. So it's a little bit more of a process right now. Um, I wouldn't say we've kind of lost momentum. I think almost we've gained some, to tell you the truth, because now there's so we've the, the emails, the phone calls, the text messages, the DMs are, have almost gone crazy with people wondering when we're going to come back. I just want to make sure it's safe for everybody when we do so. I don't want to just rush anything into it and have a problem. I want to make sure, like I said, we're, you know, we're top of the food chain. We feel and we want to make sure we stay that way. Yeah. 
And I guess we should kind of take a step back and and go through the different pathways for the USA football national team has just to give coaches an idea if they're not familiar with the program. Uh, There's, you know, step one is the regional development camp. Step two is the national team development games. Step three is the international bowl. And step four is the IFAF world championship. What are, um, can you explain, I guess, each of those four pathways? We've actually kind of evolved our our pathway as well since you and I talked last. So, oh, okay. So we go from our regional development camps, which are T-shirt and shorts, non-contact, two days, a um, little over 16 hours on the field in two days. So it's a, it's lengthy, and it's a lot of really good work. Um, then step two, we've gone into, we call it high school and middle school training camp for both ages. It's five practices in three, in three and a half days. It's a lot like – the very first five practices you get when you check into college, you know, we acclimate in helmets and then we'll get into shoulder pads. So it's a shells camp and we'll teach a lot of very fundamental stuff that we don't do in the regionals. You know, we'll teach inside run. We'll teach blitz pickup. We'll teach some stuff. We'll teach pursuit on defense. We'll teach all kinds of other stuff. We'll teach a, a space drill out on the edge. A lot of people are throwing wide out screens and considering those runs nowadays. So we'll teach a lot of that stuff. And then from there, we'll go to the International Bowl where uh, we've been playing at AT&T Stadium in Dallas for the last couple of years, um, bringing in teams from Canada, Japan, Denmark, Sweden. Uh, Australia is looking to come pretty quick as well, and we're looking for a couple other new ones that are joining us this year. And then the IFAF World Championships has, happens every four years where it's mm-hmm. a under-20 program. Um, you get them from all over. The last time we actually, we, we actually came away with the bronze. So it's a little bit tougher. You see some people put a lot of resources and some really good players. Um, that's a tough one just because you're together for almost a month as a team in the summer. And it's a lot of times it's right before. So a lot of these guys get ready to check into college or a lot of these D2 guys are in summer school or so forth. So it's really tough on our program. Wow. Yeah. What other nations have great, uh, I would think the United States would be, you know, head and shoulders above these, some of these other countries. What are some of the rival countries that are, you know, playing football at a high level? You know, you would think we would, right? It's funny. Like I tell everybody, yeah, if we could get our best players to come the whole time, always, it'd be great. Uh, but you know, Nick Saban's not going to let me take his corners and, you know, <laughs> Wisconsin's not letting me take their own line and stuff like that. So it's really tough, but Canada does a phenomenal job. Um, our guys grow up dreaming of playing division one football in the U S and in Canada, they go and they grow up dreaming of playing in that world championship. That means the world to them. It's just the dream of all dreams for them. Um, they do an outstanding job. Mexico is a program on the rise. They do a really good job. We were in Mexico city in 2018 and it was deafening how loud it was in the stadium with a little over 45,000 people when we played. Um, it was an unreal experience. Yeah, that's a great stadium. I haven't been, but awesome. you know, every every time you're, I'm watching a game on TV, and they, uh, the announcers are like, "I can't believe this place. Look at the jumbotron, all that kind of stuff." What uh, have you seen guys kind of get a little more tense or a little more anxious when they walk into that stadium? They do. You should see it. It's people that aren't even Cowboys fans do it. You know, yeah. what I mean, like Cowboys fans, you think it's you know they've walked into Mecca. Right. So it's kind of neat to watch a real youthful kid. I have more joy seeing what a coach does it though. It's kind of funny, you know, Gabe Infante, who was the head coach of St. Joe's prep for so long, who's now at Temple. Right. Is not, he's a Cowboys fan in the middle of Philadelphia. I know he shouldn't say that he is, but he is. And he, he walked in a couple of years ago and you should have saw his face. It was like he was five years old 
he almost started to tear up and it brings so much joy when you see a coach get a chance to experience that, you know, and kind of represent his country and be overwhelmed with emotion. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good guy. I interviewed him a few years. Is he that he's not the head coach at Temple now, is he? No, he's one of the offensive assistants. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. He was, he was, um, I think he was in the running for USA football national coach of the year. One of those years. And, um, I had talked to him. I wanted to ask you, um, they sent over uh, a part of the, I guess, uh, USA football national team model. It's, uh, there's a, something in your title that says high performance. What is that? What is that part of your title? High performance. We are actually evolving, you know I mean? With, uh, working with the USOPC and being a recognized sport now mm-hmm. by them as well. We are working towards getting football in some form or fashion into the Olympics which is a great deal. Um, right now it'll probably be flag or seven on seven first because of the number of athletes. The IOC has a real hard number um, that they keep and they want to keep it at that number underneath. But I do think someday we'll see tackle football in the Olympics. So doing that, we, we have a really good pathway in tackle. Um, we're starting to develop that same pathway now for flag as well. So there's, you'll see young women and young men playing flag. So there's a, pretty much a gateway and a pathway in the sport of football on all memes for everybody, which is something that's really important for us. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, you had mentioned uh, you don't always get the the best of the best, the top guys, but I should say, you know, U.S. national team alumni include uh, right now Atlanta Falcons running back Todd Gurley, uh, Jameis Winston, who was, I don't know, he didn't win the Heisman, did he, at Florida State? But he yeah, was, he did. Oh, did he win yeah. it? Oh, okay, yeah, he won the Heisman. Uh Teron Matthew, who won the uh, Super Bowl last year with Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. are the who are some players over the years that just blew you away as you were evaluating them? Oh. And it probably doesn't always translate to NFL success. You know, it's, that depends on opportunity and everything. But who are some guys that really stood out? You'd be amazed. There's been some really good ones. You know, I think if if Mac Jones ends up being a Heisman finalist this year from Alabama, yeah. we will have three years in a row. We will have somebody that's a, one of the finalists at the Heisman with Mac. Hopefully this year, I believe uh, Chase Young um, was there the year before. And then Dwayne Haskins with the Redskins as well the year before. Oh, yeah. um, Miko Hardman's having a hell of an NFL career right now. He was one of ours. Um, Jonathan Taylor is one of my all-time favorites who's played for us, who's doing really well with the Colts. Trayvon Diggs, who's starting at, as a rookie at corner for the Cowboys. Yeah. He's had an outstanding career with us. Um, there's a lot. That's the problem now. Almost. <laughs> you know I mean, like in college, we got a little over 55 active roster members from our program. And then right now in college, that's tough right now. We're going through trying to find the alumni of the week right now. It's a, it's a flat out debate amongst our teams always on who's having a great weekend. So we'll see with, you know, Rashad Bateman, who's having a really good early career in Minnesota right now. Um, you know, he went 10 catches for 139 this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Evan Fields, who's playing safety at Arizona State, had 17 tackles, 10 solos this week. There's lots of those guys every week. It's almost a fight to see who it is. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know Nicole Hardman. He was um... – I was watching a Chiefs game this weekend. It just seems unfair with all these guys running four two at receiver for oh. them. It's just uh, they had to play um, Hardman like came across on a it was a crossing route right over the middle, and the safety went with him. And then Tyree kills like wide open in the quarter of the end zone, oh. and you're like, you got to pick your poison with that team. But yeah, it's pretty one amazing. of my favorites of all time is Meikle. Oh yeah, yeah, By he's far. Gr- not it's not even close. That's great. Not even close. I loved when he was with us and just his energy and just he's a very happy go lucky type kid and he, you're seeing it in the way he's playing now he's very happy a lot of energy and 
part of the reason the Chiefs are winning. Yeah. Now, do you get a call like if um, the Chiefs or Andy Reid are considering drafting him? Would you ever get a call from them to say what is he like? You know, what was your coaching experience like with um, them? We we go to the combine and we do our own little interview with some of our alumni. Okay. Just to see them, which is kind of nice. The NFL allows us to do that. We're the only program that kind of gets that type of access, so we get to see our guys. Um, not so much their personnel department. Yeah. Um, it's rare. Sometimes we do. Sometimes it's not, it depends on the team. Some teams will reach out and say, Hey, how were they when they were with you? You know, how long were they with your program? What have they done? Um, did you ever have any problems? They do a lot of character background more than athletic background. Okay. Uh, and what college coach I mentioned earlier, they have an opportunity to get looked at by college coaches or even coached by college coaches, which is, um, rare, you know, NCAA rules kind of prohibit that for the most part. What, uh, what college coaches have been involved with the program? Um, I never list them by name just okay. because try to, cause if not, they're, they, they want to shoot me if so, because all of a sudden their emails and phones go crazy, but we've had a lot of them from the big 10 that do a great job. You know, Michigan's heavily involved with what we do. A lot of times uh, their chief of staff does a great job with us and is one of our national evaluators for us um, on the West coast. We've had a lot of them as well with Oregon being involved and so forth. Um, there's a lot there. That's, that's probably the problem when you have 11 to, 1600 coaches in the pool it's a lot now am i getting uh lane kiffin to come out and recruit quarterbacks probably not but i'm you know getting some of their assistance a lot of times which is great and i love when we get the young coaches to tell you the truth it's a lot better you know it doesn't have the firepower that maybe you know steve sarkeesian or a you know dan hawkins or whatever but then you get the young coach that comes out and you get to see them really start to develop their evaluation in their eye and see how well they teach and that's that's half the fun yeah. And I know I've been talking to high school coaches all across the country over the last six months. And, um, you know, the recruiting thing is a difficult thing this year because there's a dead period on campuses and they're not getting the campus visits like they normally would. How do you think evaluating uh, players for this will change um, or, you know, how has it changed as you're trying to put uh, things together for 2021? Um, it's really, I, I you know, I feel every day I talk to a couple of high school coaches and, you know, somebody's always bringing up the class of 21. You know, I think this year because of COVID and everything, the class of 21 is going to be a class that's going to go down in history a little bit with recruiting. They're not going to get the same thing that everybody else has, you know, because a lot of them now with the seniors getting an extra year in college football. So they're coming back a lot of them. So a lot of the colleges aren't recruiting the class of 21 as much because they don't have the money. That's one of the big things now is they don't have the money to pay them um, scholarship. So now why recruit them? Well, they're moving on to 22s a lot of ways. So I think that's going to be historic in itself with the recruiting. But I think as far as evaluation is, it's tough, right? Everybody says film doesn't lie, but film is a different medium in a sense than seeing them live. Yeah. You know, a lot of football guys, uh, myself included, we're old school. We like to see them live. You know, film can only tell me so much. So I always want to get that extra. The more I can see them live, the better it adds a whole different element and dimension to the evaluation. Yeah, absolutely. And you're in Indianapolis. Uh, is that where you are? I am. I'm based in Indianapolis now. Yeah. And they're playing, uh, they're playing high school football in Indiana, not in Illinois, but they are in Indiana. Is that right? They are. Have they you are got playing? It, it's funny. They've, uh, I've gotten to see a couple games this year and guys space out. They, uh, it's funny to see the social distancing by the school administrators. Always. There's a couple, I saw a game where, Somebody was walking around with a six foot PVC pipe to make sure 
people were sitting six feet apart in the stands. Yeah, no, I've heard, I've seen schools in the South where the athletic director will grab a microphone in the middle of the game and, you know, tell everybody, hey, you're not spaced out enough. You got to, they'll crazy. stop the game for it. It's crazy. Yeah. What about the, um, what about the quality of play? Has that been impacted? Do you think? I think, I think a little bit, you're seeing, you're seeing a big swing, you know, it's an offensive game. Like a lot of people are seeing now, but now more than ever, you're seeing points, you know, by a lot of people, I think because of the protocols put in place and the uh, stuff that was happening, I think people didn't get a chance to really tackle and practice like they should at first. So it's really tough. Yeah. Um, that's what I think has hurt a lot of people. They didn't get all the, the prep work going into it. You know, like, you look at college football, BYU's played nine games already. The Pac what the Pac twelve just started. Right. You know, so there's such a disparity in how much competition and experience certain people are getting. Yeah. Now the U uh the national team has age brackets uh, ranging for what is it, you under fourteen all the way up to under nineteen? Yep, exactly. Okay. And then um as you're as you're looking at guys um, you know, under fourteen all the way up. Is there a scheme that you're kind of running all the way through the program with the national team, or um, do you let each coach of the team kind of take it on his own? Um, I kind of, I kind of don't dictate full blown scheme, mm-hmm. but what I do dictate is kind of style in a lot of ways, okay. and I try to help those guys along. When let's say I hire a coach and they're getting ready to put in their defensive plan for the international bowl, I always let them know, hey. You know, if you go and you play an odd front, you might get gashed in the run game versus Canada. Yeah. Canada is going to line up in 12 personnel and pound the ball down your throat a little bit. And if you want to play a 3-4, you better make sure your run fits are set. You know, and I'll try to recommend a lot of times we'll build our programs defensively for a four-man and even front. But then I'll tell them, hey, short yardage, get into an odd front and bring some pressure or so forth. Just from experience, what I've dealt with internationally to help those guys and then offensively I build the teams and the rosters overall for a one back offense mm-hmm. to play 11, 12, 10 personnel basically. And then uh, in short yardage, let them probably get into 12 is what I recommend. We don't play. It's pretty rare to find a really great fullback. Um, if we do find them, I'm excited and we'll take them quicker than a whip, but uh, it's hard to find them nowadays. So it's, you're finding those tight ends. We actually have had some success with some really good tight ends in the most recent years. Yeah. It's always great talking scheme with uh, coaches. One of the best opportunities to do that was the USA Football National Conference every year. Now, that was, um, I'm trying to think of the timeline. That was like over the Pro Bowl. We went to a few of those uh, uh, down in Orlando, I think. And um, I know it changed last year. Did you get it in before the, the COVID situation? We did. We were in February and we were in Nashville for the first time. Oh, okay. Um, it was great. Yeah, that's was a- absolutely are there are you planning on having it in 2021 or you kind of have to play it by year i think we're playing it by year right now i haven't officially heard a cancellation but i I would assume we're leaning that way yeah just because of the large number of people that have come i think a lot of times everybody's worried about the travel yeah you know when people coming in from all different spots and you know people coming in from hot spots to places that aren't and then the local government kind of gets a little nervous which i can understand sure yeah and usa football was so generous and um you know flying in so many co- coaches and bringing in all the coaches from florida so i wonder if there are there way are there ways that uh usa football is kind of doing things virtually you see all the obviously the remote learning situation across yeah. the country are there are there more remote opportunities for coaches to network and do some of these learning opportunities 
you know, we're working towards that. We're, I've, I've kind of held off on the national team side um, just because I was hoping things get better quicker, to tell you the truth. But now with the extended period that it looks like it has been and is going to maybe be, um, we're looking at that type of stuff constantly. But we, we don't want to rush into anything. It's kind of my big thing. And I want to make sure it's not just, well, we're just doing it just now just because of COVID. If we're going to do something like that, I want it to be added to our kind of our tool belt forever. Tell you the truth, I just don't want to do a one-time engagement. I'm, I'm very big about our program not being transactional. I want it to be more of a family, more of a constant, you know, not just a whatever. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Now it sounds like you're pretty dialed in, watching a lot of college football and uh, NFL, keeping up with the old guys who came through the program. What has your take been on the college season? Which teams do you like this year? And do you uh, are you oh. are you happy they brought it back? Uh, do you think it's working out okay? I think it's working out okay. I, I think I talk to a, a friends every week, or, you know, early in the week. I'll talk to a bunch of guys today on Monday and Tuesday. And I think how they're adjusting and being flexible with all of a sudden you're playing on playing and then it gets pushed or all of a sudden they swap an opponent out just to make sure you get the game in. Uh, I don't know how guys are doing that without driving themselves crazy. I know a lot of them are sleepless nights and, you know, they always work a crazy schedule as it is. But now I think more than ever it's been – now it's, I am glad it's back. Yeah. I think it's, I think football is part of the healing process for our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell all of our team that, Hey, we're going to be part of the healing process. So that's really big. Um, I think Ohio state's playing lights out right now. They're yeah. going to be a tough one to beat um, Clemson. The Clemson Notre Dame game this past weekend was probably one for the record books. I think that one's going to go down for a lot of people to say might've been the game of the year so far. Alabama's just rolling. He's always got that machine going right now. And, Mac Jones, who's alumni of ours, is probably one of the best game managers and quarterbacks out there right now. He's a sharp one. Um, great to see the Pac-12 back this weekend. I'm, a, I'm from California, so born and raised, so it's great to see the West Coast kind of start to come back and play. Um, but it's, it's been good. I think the NFL has done a nice job, too, as far as with the COVID protocols and moving forward and so forth. And then also, I like that they're punishing teams. Yeah. to for not, you know, following protocol. You know I mean? This is serious, and I think they're showing that, which is great. Yeah. It's interesting. You're talking to high school coaches, it, it all kind of depends, like, when you ask that question, hey, was it was it worth it to come back in the fall? Should, we, should you have waited for the spring? Maybe things get more sorted out by then. It depends on when you catch them during the season. I talked to a coach down in Georgia, and it was, like, week three of the season, and two of the games had already been canceled, and, you know, he was dealing with, I think he had a couple of positive tests on his team. Then the other team had a positive test the next week and these games were getting canceled. I talked to him, you know, maybe September 15th or something. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. We're just, we're just trying to get through the season. We'll play what we can. And then I talked to him like last week and they're going into the playoffs now. And he's like, oh yeah, this is the real deal. It's like any other year. And I was like, <laughs> it all depends on when you catch these guys. Um, but oh, it's so true. But so um, true. It's funny. I, I, I Oh, I tease ahead. them. I tease a lot of guys because they were saying the same thing. Oh, I don't know if we should play. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they just, the state decides they're not going to play, and it, they're dismal. You know, they're in a dark hole of depression until all of a sudden they get announcements they can bring it back. You know, a good buddy in Minnesota, they weren't going to play, then they brought it back, and Minnesota's now on week four yeah. you know, of playing, so now they're excited. Yeah. No, I think there is something to that, that, that the mental health toll that this takes on. You know, there's so much that's been canceled in the last – six months between school and vacations and excite all these exciting things, graduations and parties oh. and, 
everything gets wiped out, you kind of need something to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to play it. We're going to see how it goes. And, and I think that it's going well enough, you know, and opening school is going well enough that people are saying, all right, you know, we've got to be careful. We've got to, you know, take the precautions, but we don't have to cancel everything. I agree. It's been, it's funny though, because like I, I've talked to a couple of friends that are high school coaches all across the country. And then we talk about it all the time. This is something that no one's ever had to go through, you know, even in our lifetimes, we've never had it where somebody took a football season from us. Right. So, you know, maybe you decided not to coach and not to play or whatever that was on your own, but it's not out of con- things you can control where this, we can't control. And so it's out of our hands completely. And that's something that's been, I think really tough for, you know, kids trying to play. They grown up. This is what I do. I play football in the fall. You know, I play basketball or something in this winter, then baseball or track in the spring and I work out and, it's what they do and you've taken it away from them and they don't know how to react. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we're adults. We can, uh, we, we're not playing football anymore, but uh, you know, if I, if I never have to write about another zoom conference meeting or you know, <laughs> virtual uh, recruiting period or something like that, I'll be happy oh, too. It's been uh, it's funny. Yeah. We've been on zoom for a couple of years now. Have you? So almost, yeah. We've used it for meetings, uh, you know, remote meetings for people that aren't in our office at the time and so forth. But now it's like, it's a worldwide staple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everybody knows how to do it now. Um, well, great. Well, I know you've got meetings, you know, lined up one after the other today. So I really appreciate you giving us this time. It's uh, been great for coaches, I think, to learn more about this national program. And um, it's a great opportunity for players, especially in this year where, you know, like I said, that goes U14 through U19. And there's um, th- this is big time football. You, you can get players scouted and get... Uh, Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.